I, I love the fall. I love everything the fall brings. Cool weather, leaves change, campfires, bonfires, you know, marshmallows roasting, hayrides, all that stuff. I, I was thinking when the weather changed, I remembered this one hayride I went on as a teenager. Now, you got to flip your mind back to the 80s. For those of you who were born after that, you know, you've seen the pop culture on... Uh, uh, the 80s just won't die. I don't know why. It won't go away. I'm not sure it was a good idea the first time. The second time, I'm sure it's not a good idea. But, but you just kind of let your mind roll back there. I was getting ready, you know, to go to a hayride. I, it was either my first or second. I don't remember. I don't remember if I'd ever been on a hayride. But I thought, oh, yeah, man, a hayride will be awesome. And, you know, I had, like, jeans and a flannel shirt. And, you know, I had to comb my mullet out. You know what I'm saying? I had to make sure that everything was right. Because, you know, I, I go to this hayride, and, and you got all this going on, and I thought, you know, I didn't know what girls might be there, so, you know, you kind of got to get ready for all that, and if your mullet's sideways, that's not going to work. You got to work the mullet out, and, and so um, I was there at the hayride thinking about, you know, I wonder what girl here I might could hook up with, and before you respond to that, let me just clarify, hookup meant something totally different in the 80s than it means now. You know what I'm talking about. Okay, it was a different thing, just to clarify that. And I, I'd only been a Christian for, you know, a short time, like, I don't know, maybe um, less than a year. And so I was still kind of figuring all this stuff out. And somehow or another, at some point in the night, we were goofing off doing everything else, everything sort of cooled off, kind of calmed down, and we were sitting in the, this flatbed truck in the middle of the hay, and, and the conversation turned toward God. And all of a sudden, somebody said hey, why don't, we, why don't we sing? And I thought, that, like, that's weird. But, uh, but okay, I guess. I, I didn't know. And we sat on that flatbed in that cool night at Shelby Forest, a little state park in Memphis, and, and, um, and we just began to sing. And some of you won't know this song, but we begin to, to sing this song. Our God is an awesome God. That song, our God, yeah, it's an awesome God who reigns. And we were singing that. And uh, I don't remember, you know, who could sing and who couldn't. I don't remember, I don't remember any of that. I just remember we sang it over and over and over. And I began to feel something. And I wondered, what is that? What is this that I'm feeling? What, what, this is strange. I'm, there's something going on inside me that I didn't expect at a hayride. And, and I'd begin to experience God's presence. And now that was, that was weird for me, and here's why it was weird for me. Because I thought God lived at the church. I, 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 I didn't know that God was outside the church. It was almost like a, you know, an elderly relative at a nursing home. I would go on Sunday and visit him, but I didn't know anybody ever let him out. I thought he just stayed there. And so it was startling to me. to I knew I'd experienced God in a church service, but I just thought, I thought about God on Sunday. I went and heard about God on Sunday, and I worshiped God on Sunday, and I thought God was for Sunday, and the other days you were on your own. And as, I, as we sang and sang and sang, I went, wait a minute, the same something, whatever you call it, that I have experienced when I was with the body of Christ in a church service, somehow that same something is here. 
And, 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 and how, how, how is that? It kind of blew my mind. Now, now today we're starting this series called In His Presence. And the question I want to ask you is, is it possible to live in God's presence every day? Is it possible? So this series is really um, a response. About a month ago, we had a whole different series planned for this month. But if you were part of our SOAK service in July and our SOAK service in August and our worship services on Sunday morning, there's been something pretty incredible happening in our worship time at Kingwood. God has been stirring and moving, and it's been deep, and it's been powerful, and it's been intense, and it's growing. And so as we prayed about this, this what we would do this month, I said, you know, I feel like that's the direction the Holy Spirit's going. Why don't we just go where he's going? Now, if you're you know, from a different church background or maybe no church background at all, that's a really big deal to us at Kingwood that we try to figure out what the Holy Spirit's saying and doing and then go say and do the same things He's saying and doing. Because that's called incarnation. It's part God and it's part us. And when those two things come together, something awesome happens. So this whole series is really in response to the presence of God we see overflowing in our church. So we first have to talk about, though, um, what do we mean by God's presence? Now, here's what I've done. I, I, forgive me if I've made this you know, too generic or too simple, but it was very important to me in this series to try to be super simple. Because I, I want as much as we can for every individual who will be in one of these services to be included. If you've been saved for a week, if you're not saved, if this is your first Sunday, if you've been here 30 years, I, I, I want to try to talk about the presence of God in a practical enough way that everybody can, can, can relate, okay? So, so when we say the presence of God, can you live in the presence of God every day? What, is, what does that mean? How do you get your brain around something like the presence of God? Well, I want you to know we're really limited because we're trying to describe something that's indescribable. So the best we can do is just sort of get little handles to get a little, a little bit of insight, but I don't think you're ever going to wrap your mind around the presence of God. Like, there's too, too, that's too much. But what can we say about it that would help us here? Let me give you three different ways the Bible talks about the presence of God that will help us understand. Okay, now here they are, very basic. The first one is God's, I, I just made this up. It may even be dumb, I don't know. God's everywhere presence. And all I mean by that is, is God is so big, he is everywhere all at the same time. Now, now we see this in Psalm 139, 7 and 8. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. In other words, I can go to heaven, I can go to hell, I can go, I can go anywhere. I can't go anywhere, God's not there. God is everywhere. Okay, so God's everywhere present. If you want to really read an inspiring part of Scripture about this thought, read all of Psalm 139. It's powerful. So, so there's the everywhere presence of God. Here's the second one. Then there's God's internal presence. What do we mean by that? 
1 Corinthians 6, 19, do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit? Look, who is where? Who is in you? God's presence is inside. God's presence is everywhere. And God's presence is also inside you, whom you've received from God. You are not your own. So there's God's everywhere presence. There's God's internal presence. Now here's the last one. God's revealed presence. So, so where God uniquely and specifically reveals typically some part of himself, some part of his character in a, in, a, um, in, in a way that we experience, in a way that we, we gain insight, in a way that we interact with God a little differently. God's revealed presence. And that's, that's what I want to focus on in this series. But I was concerned if we didn't, if we didn't separate those, they, they, they are almost interchangeable and we'd be confused on which one are we talking about. So this morning we're going to be talking about God's revealed presence. Now most of us know what it feels like to be in a church service and experience, you know, God's presence. We say, man, that song, that song was powerful. That was a powerful moment. The question is, can we live in the presence of God every day, everywhere we go? Now, I want to, I want to shoot a little disclaimer because those that are sort of on the charismatic end of the, of the situation may, may misinterpret this for us, and, and I don't want that to happen. You and I, don't, we don't conjure up the presence of God. This isn't voodoo, and this isn't magic, and this isn't occultism, and it's none of that. And we shouldn't bring any of the principles of those things into our Christian faith. We don't conjure up the presence of God. You and I don't earn the presence of God. We don't whip up the presence of God. By The presence of God is not emotionalism. If that's all that it is, then, then it's a cloud without rain. It has no substance. Sometimes, though, God will just reveal himself out of the blue and nobody did anything. Like, 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 we don't cause God's presence. We don't cause God revealing presence. What do you think about Saul of Tarsus on his way to persecute the church and this light shines and blinds him and he says, hey, you're persecuting me. Who? Jesus. Well, who caused that? God caused that. And you know why? Because he's sovereign. And he doesn't respond to formulas. And you're not going to trick God or manipulate God or corner God or blackmail God into doing anything. But he does oftentimes follow patterns. Now that's what we want to talk about. So, so more often than not, God invites us into a deeper revelation of himself. And we receive that revelation as we respond to the everywhere presence of God, the internal presence of God, and the revealed presence of God. We grow as we respond. So, so one of the questions that might come to your mind that came to my mind, is it that God reveals his presence to those who respond to him? Or is it that God reveals his presence and only those who are responding to him will be aware of it? Do you understand the question? The answer is, I don't know. I got no idea. 
But I do know, whichever's true, if you're not responding to the presence of God, you will miss the deeper revelation of God, however it starts. That's what I know. So the question is, can we live in the presence of God? If you got something to write with, let me give you three thoughts this morning. Number one, God wants to reveal his, his presence to us. Very basic. God wants to reveal his presence to us. And what we're talking about here is not God's everywhere presence. We're not talking about God's internal presence. We're talking about God's revealed presence, right? God started his relationship with Adam and Eve. If you, if you want to know how this works, go all the way back to the beginning. In the garden, he walked with them and talked with them in the cool of the day, right? But what happened when Adam and Eve sinned? What what did they lose? What did we lose? What, what changed and what did Jesus come to restore on the cross when he died? Look at Genesis 3, 8. Then the man and his wife, Adam and Eve, heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. So they can hear him. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Now, now look. They hid from the presence of God. Why? Because they sinned. And do you know that's what sin always tries to get you to do? It always tries to get you to hide from the presence of God, even in a worship service. So I'm talking to somebody. If you blew it this week, you don't have to tell me what you've been thinking. You don't have to tell me what Satan's been telling you. I know what he's been telling you. He's been telling you, after what you did, don't you dare sit in the front. Don't you dare raise your hand. Don't you dare sing. Don't you dare. You will be a hypocrite. Don't you dare act like, don't you, after what you did, don't you dare walk in there and just act like everything's okay and that you belong and that you're accepted and, and God still loves you after what you did. He will fight you to come to church. If you do come, he'll say, don't worship, don't enter in, don't get involved. Just sneak in and sneak out. But, but look, look, look. Our theology's all backwards. When you sin is the moment that you need the presence of God the most. It's not when you run from him, it's when you run to him. It's the presence of God that heals. It's the presence of God that forgives. It's the presence of God that washes you and cleans you and prepares you and strengthens you and, and heals the dysfunctional part of your heart that drove you to that sin. You can't run from your source. You can't. That's what the enemy wants you to do. Run and hide. Shame, shame, shame on you. Condemnation and guilt and rejection. He wants to heap that on you in growing measure. And then God says, come boldly to the throne of grace. Why? Because I tore the veil from top to bottom. It's open. That wasn't a call to people who are perfect because there aren't any. If you don't settle down, I'm going to preach. All right. This wasn't talking about the everywhere presence of God. Because if God was everywhere, how would they hide from everywhere? Can't hide from everywhere. No, no, no. They were hiding 
from a specific presence of God. They were hiding from a revealed presence of God. So this is talking about God's revealed and specific presence. Uh, Exodus 33, 14 and 15, Moses had the same thought. He said, the Lord replied, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Verse 15, then Moses said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up. How could God's presence go with Moses if God's presence was already everywhere? Because we're not talking about the everywhere presence of God. We are talking about the revealed presence of God. So, so let, me, let me give you an illustration that, that may help. If we had a multi-billionaire in the service this morning, he, he, his or her presence would be among us. But, but we wouldn't know it unless he or she got up and started to give each one of us a million dollars. And then he or she would have revealed their presence and began doing something for us none of us could do for ourselves. Do you see the difference? That's the, that's the, that's the presence versus the revealed presence. Now, now, now let's just pause for a minute and see if there might be a multi-billionaire who wants to reveal his or her presence. No, no, no? Okay, okay. But, but you understand what we're saying, right? It's one thing to have them in the room. It's another thing for them to give you something you can't give yourself. And that's the difference. When we come to church, we worship, or when we worship God in our private devotional time, God wants to reveal himself to us and he wants to give things to us that we can't give to ourselves. He wants to do things for you. And that's the revealed presence of God. Number two, we leave God's presence when we disobey God. Now that's strong, and, and let's let's talk about that for a few minutes, okay? Th these these um these phrases of obedience and disobedience are, are weighty. These are heavy, heavy issues. But let, let's, let's unpack it a little bit. When we say we leave, we don't mean we leave God's everywhere presence, just like Adam and Eve couldn't hide from God's everywhere presence. You can't, you can't leave God's everywhere presence. And neither do we mean that you cease to be a Christian. We don't, we don't say God doesn't move out. God is in you, right? He lives in the internal presence of God. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about that God wants to reveal his presence to you in your life. And when you, when you disobey him, when you don't do the things he's asking you to do, you leave his revealed presence. You leave the revelation of God. Adam and Eve hid from God's presence. If you follow the story a little bit further, they had two sons. Cain and Abel. Cain, out of jealousy, raised up and killed his brother Abel. And, and now what does the Bible say about that in Genesis 4.16? So Cain, listen to this, went out. From what? From the Lord's presence. And lived in the land of Nod. That's where people went when they were sleepy. Not all. 
Never mind. Never mind. Second service will get it. All right. So, so Cain went out from the Lord's presence. What, what did he do? Th- through, through, through not following, through not following God, he left. You, you, you and I can leave God's presence. Doesn't mean we're not saved. Doesn't mean God isn't everywhere. Doesn't change God at all. Doesn't mean we're not going to heaven. It's not what we're talking about. How can you go from his everywhere presence if his presence is everywhere? You can't, but you can leave his revealed presence. Jonah, same thing. God tells Jonah, go to Nineveh. Look look at Jonah chapter 1, verse 2. Arise, go to Nineveh, the great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah rose up to flee Tarshish, watch, from the presence of the Lord. So he went down to Joppa, found a ship that was going to Tarshish, paid the fare, and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He, why? God said go to Nineveh. Jonah went the opposite way. What did Jonah leave? The presence of the Lord. Well, not, not the everywhere, because if God's everywhere, he's in Tarshish and he's in Nineveh, right? Yes, that's what we're talking about. Jonah left the revealed presence of God. So Adam and Eve ate from the tree, and, and they, they are removed from the garden. They're removed from God's presence. Cain murders his brother and leaves the presence of God. Jonah goes to Nineveh, and he leaves the presence of God. He doesn't go to Nineveh. So, so what do we mean by obedience then? O- obedience is just doing what God asks you to do. And, and, and sometimes my concern is we act as if because we live in a society filled with so many options that we can just up and not do what God wants us to do and and it'll be okay because it's our life after all. We can do whatever we want. There is a a damage, there is a loss, there is a a tension set up between you and God when you don't do what he asks you to do. You're not going to go on and everything's going to be okay. Everything's not going to be okay. Am I saying you're going to not go to heaven? No, I'm not saying that. But but I'm saying there there is a cost here. And I've watched it. Man, I've watched it as a pastor for years and years. You let someone begin to neglect the presence of God in their life and over time, they will, they, will, they will walk away from God, or they'll walk away from the church, or which is really uh, nearly the same thing. They'll, they'll walk away and their life will begin to degenerate. Because it is the presence of God that may, is what makes you and I different. Like Moses says, if your presence doesn't go, well, why, what good would it be for us to go? We're just people like all the other people. It's your presence that makes us different. So, you know, we're not talking about mistakes. We're not talking about um, accidents. We're talking about willful patterns of just knowing what God wants you to do and not doing it. That's what we're talking about. So, so maybe God spoke to you um, and said, hey, it's time for you to change jobs or not change jobs. 
Or it's time for you to end this relationship. Or, or it's time for you to start tithing. Or it's time for you to share your faith with this person that you've known for a long time. Or it's time for you to make coming to church a priority. Or it's time for you to serve. Or it's time for you to you know, apologize to someone. And when you say, I, I just have this... A lot of times we don't, say, we don't say God wants me to do this. A lot of times we say, I just got this feeling that this is something that I need to do. I just want to suggest to you that that feeling just might be the whisper of God inside your heart nudging along. Because he's not going to hit you with a hammer. He's going to nudge you along. And when you ignore that whisper, you, you leave the presence of God. And, and, and would, would anybody disagree with this statement? Those who live in greater obedience to God live in a greater revelation of God's presence. Right? Is that, are we, we all on that page? Well, then the opposite would have to be true. Right? So, so what we're talking about now is, are you living in God's presence? If you're ignoring and dismissing and, and not following those little impressions and those things you read in the Bible that you say, and maybe things we teach at church or, or whatever, maybe you hear on a podcast or the radio, God, however he's communicating to you. If you're ignoring those things and delaying those things and pushing those things off and saying, oh, I'll do that later, and that becomes a pattern in your life, you are leaving the presence of God. I, I remember when um, my wife and I were dating in college, I, we might have been engaged. And, uh, you know, that's when you really start to fight, right? You don't really fight until, you know, when you date, nobody fights, right? If you're, if you're dating and you're fighting, you, you might need to think about that. You know what I'm saying? But, but we were in this, because uh, dinner's at 6 o'clock, and you eat all your meals in the cafeteria. And so she's there at 10 till 6, because my little wife's a rule follower. The world all falls in black and white tones for her, and six means 550 in Jesus' name. And so, you know, six to me means I'm very um, Latin American in my time frame. Six, 605. What, what, what would you get there early for? The food's not going to get better. You know, what? same stuff. And so I, I come strolling in with my buddy. Oh, and she is on fire. And I think, what, what, what happened to you? I mean, we're just, we do this every night. We eat dinner every night in this same old place, the same old food. What, what would it matter? And, and so we had a, could I say, we had a discussion. There's this giant lake, the largest lake in Lakeland. That ought to tell you something, Lakeland, land of lakes, Lakeland. The largest lake in Lakeland, I don't know how many miles it was. We must have drove around that thing three or four times. We were talking this thing out, you know. I thought, geez, you know, I thought it was like 6.05, what's the problem? It's a big deal. And she said, you know, I just feel like when you can't make an attempt to be there on time, that I'm not important. Okay, well, I'm sorry you feel that way. I feel like if you can't Give me a couple of minutes on the back side of six. It's not that big a deal. You know? But as I, as I grew to know her, I learned that her love language was quality time. 
And I begin to understand her value of time. And that for her, getting there early meant I really wanted to spend time with her. And getting there late meant I didn't really care if I got to spend time with her or not. And, and so I had to learn to show up a little bit earlier. And let me tell you why. Listen to this. Because living in her presence was more important to me than just staying on the time frame I wanted to stay on. Y you can be with a person but not be in their presence. So, some of you, you share the same house, but you're not in each other's presence. You can share the same square footage and not be experiencing the joy of one another's presence. And, and you, you know, it got quiet all of a sudden. God wants us to live in His presence. And, and there's a difference. When we, when we break off relationship with God... By, by causing conflict with him and not doing what he asks, we leave his presence. And we say to him, other things are more important to me than your presence. Wow. That's a lot to say. All right, number three. We enter God's presence through worship. Now, now I want to say right out front, this isn't the only way we enter God's presence. This isn't, there are a lot of ways, but this series is really about the presence of God. Um, and so I, I, I wanted to kind of narrow that thought to here. And what I mean by worship, think of the hayride I was on. I don't mean Sunday morning at 9 and 1030. That's not, yes, that is a time to enter God's presence. But that is not the only time and that is not the only way. But, but, but I did want to talk about that. See, worship is bigger than you think. And, and, and next week, in next week's message, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about worship. So I, I wanted to kind of set it up here. Psalm 95, 2 in the New American Standard says this. Let us, let us come before him. <laughs> what, what is that? Why, why would we need to do that if God was everywhere? Because there's, a, there's, an, there's an entrance to his presence. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. Let us shout joyfully to him with psalms. Listen to that same passage in the, uh, the, the, the Passion Translation. Listen to this. Everyone come meet his face. <laughs> I love that. Let's have a face-to-face -face with God. Everybody come meet his face with a thankful heart. Don't hold back your praises Make him great by your shouts of joy. Psalm 102 and 4. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Enter his gates. Enter the presence of God. Walk in the presence of God. Live in the presence of God. Singing and worshiping might be more important than you think. To entering the presence of God. Now, that doesn't mean that you have to be musical and it doesn't mean you have to be able to sing. Oh, I, 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 I can't sing. I'm not musical. I, I don't have that kind of rhythm. But when I was uh, a teenager in a smaller church, 
the feeling was if God called you to ministry, then they just throw you off in the middle of anything and figure out God's going to help you do it because God called you to ministry. That's sort of how it worked. So I remember our worship leader at our church uh, saying, hey, man, why don't you come out, you know, and, uh, and play with the band? Have you lost your mind? Play what with the band? Kazoo? What, what are you? Well, close. He said, look, why don't you just sit in with the band, play with the band? Here's a harmonica. I mean, I've blown air through a harmonica, but I don't know how to, are you, really? Yeah, come, you know, it sure will be fine. So listen, the first time I practiced harmonica with the band was in the middle of a Sunday night worship service. Oh, it'll just hit you. God will give it to you. You know, get back there. That's back when they had the organ on one side and the piano. Remember that? They faced each other and the drums. And, and so we were Pentecostal, so we had drums. You had to have drums and bass. And I sat behind the piano. I thought, maybe nobody will know where it's coming from if I sit behind there, you know. So I sat behind there, and I, he said, just be here like 10 minutes early. Oh, yeah, sure. I, snap. You know. Been wasting all the money on instrument lessons. You just show up, and 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 he said, "Look, okay, here's here's the um uh, here's the key of G. Here's F and C, something like that." He said something like that. And look, you just move back and forth between those keys when the, you hear the mu musicians move between the keys. And I thought, will you blow in or out? I mean, I don't, I don't even. I'm not even sure I can hit the right hole. What are you talking about? And oh I hit a couple of those just because I, hey, well, you know, it can't get worse. I might actually come across a note they recognized. So I'm just killing it. And, and all I can say is it must not have gone well. They didn't ask me back. I don't, I don't know what happened. But let me tell you what I've learned. You, you, don't, have to be, you don't have to be musical and you don't have to be able to sing to worship God. When I was a teenager, I spent about a year and a half, maybe two years, where uh, I, I got my license, I got my own vehicle, and in my vehicle, I had you know, little cassette tapes, so you don't even know what that means. It's not duct tape, you don't stick it on nothing. It's little tapes, and, I, and there, there was a limited amount of worship music, trust me, like Integrity Hosanna, a couple of, and I kept worship tapes in my truck. For, for at least a year and a half, might have been two years. And I drove a lot because I had to commute to work and different places pretty far away. And for, for nearly two years, all I played, and, and you know, I was a young believer, so it was a conviction for me. I thought everybody else was going to hell that didn't do that. You know, if you, 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 you listen to anything other than worship music, I, you might make it to heaven, but probably barely. I mean, I was on this warpath, you know. And, and of course, that's not true. And of course, you know, I don't listen to only worship music now. However, at that season of my life, it was critical to my relationship with God. Because I was coming out of an old life and moving into a new life. And let me tell you what it did for me. It established the presence of God in my life. It gave me a hunger and a thirst and a longing Every time I turned the key on, that music would pop on. I'd just leave it in. And every, you didn't have cell phone. This was nobody else to talk to. And everywhere I drove was worship music. 
And man, there's these songs written from Psalms and the Bible and just creative people that were inspired to lead people in worship, man. Can I just tell you, God's presence just filled my life. And, 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 and I, I learned in that season to become sensitive to the presence of God. I learned to worship God and I learned to, um, I learned to respond to Him. You don't have to be a musician to worship God. But you, 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 we've all been in a worship service before where, where we just sense God in a deep and a personal way. I, 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 love the, um, I love the scripture in Lamentations that says, His mercy is new every morning. What does that tell you? There's a new revelation of the presence of God every day. His mercy is new every morning. Thank you, God, that when I woke up today, there's mercy available to me now that was not available to me yesterday. Thank you. His mercy is new. His presence is fresh. <laughs> he longs. He longs for you to live in His presence. To commune with Him, to talk to Him, to know Him, to worship Him. Several months ago, I was going through a pretty tough time and I was doing a prayer walk and I, I take my little earbuds and I put them in and I put it on Pandora worship playlist and, and as the worship music began I, I always start with this I always start with worship as I'm walking Lord I just say hey I, I get my eyes off what's around me and I lift my eyes up to you and I worship you today I praise you I don't want the sun to go down today and I didn't worship you at all so today Lord I worship you I worship you and I love you and I praise you and as I was worshiping God began to speak to my heart and here's what he said to me I felt like the Holy Spirit was saying you're doing the right thing not in that moment in worship just in life you're doing the right thing but I want you to do it with joy and I want you to take joy from it and the scripture came to my mind in everything not for everything, because let's just be honest, everything's not good. But in everything, give thanks. And that thought captured my attention for the next several months. And as I would meet with the Lord, I would say, God, today, I don't want to just make hard decisions and I don't want to just do the right thing. I want to do it with joy. Because the joy of the Lord is my strength. I want to do it with joy, and I want to take joy from it. I want it to be a joyful reality that I'm not just getting through. But there's, there's, a, there's, a, um, there's a righteousness you're empowering me with that is a good thing. Is everybody okay as far as we know? All right. So... Then I would just begin to thank him. And, that, and that's where I was. So today, here's, here's what I want us to do, okay? This whole series, we're going we're gonna to end the service differently. We're going to end a little bit early. And we're going to sing a whole worship song at the end of every service. Because I want you 
to experience the presence of God. I want you to know the presence of God. I want you to have an opportunity to respond to the presence of God. So today, I want you to, would you, would you just stand with me and I want to ask the prayer team to come. And here's the question I want you to ask. I want you to ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me through this message? Just go ahead and begin to ask Him. Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me through this message? Speak to me now. And what I want to do is I want to invite you. We're going to worship and sing this whole song. And as you're worshiping, if you have a need of any kind, I want you to bring that need to the presence of God. I want you to bring that need to one of our prayer team and say, would you just pray with me? Would you just pray with me over this? If you have a need in your health, if you have a need in your mind, in your emotions, in your body, if you have a need in your finance, if you have a need anywhere in your life, in a relationship, in marriage, in family, in parenting, wherever your need is, I want you to bring that need to the presence of God. Maybe you're not a believer, and during this song, as we experience His presence, you want to come and say, I, I, I need to start a relationship. Maybe, maybe you're a young believer. Maybe, you, maybe you've been walking with the Lord a long time, but you need the presence of God. Can I tell you, it's His joy to give you His presence. It's His joy to reveal His presence to you. Ask yourself the question, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me through this message? Living in the presence of God begins here. So as the worship team begins to sing, would you do that? Would you just lift your hands and lift your voice and say, Lord, today I worship you. God, I worship you and I want to live in your presence today. Lord, I want to live in your presence. Come on and just begin to worship. Lord, I want to live in your presence. Can't go back Lord, I to the beginnings. I can't control what tomorrow will bring. But I know here in middle is the place where you promised to be.
to love you and to strengthen you and to help you. I'm so glad you came today. How many of you as we sang worship, you experienced God's presence? Did you, did you sense His presence? As the worship team begins to sing, 